Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. God, I thank you, Lord, for the journey that you have us on, the journey of faith. We pray that uh, something, as we open your word, would jump out to us and be applicable to us in our lives immediately on Monday. God, we thank you for your word. It's always a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. So God, illuminate our journey. Let us see something that's helpful and causes us to be more successful in the life that you've given us to lead. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. We are continuing on our series, How Will They Know? Turn to somebody and say, How Will They Know? And the basic premise is this, how will they know who Jesus is unless somebody tells them? And how will somebody go and tell them unless they are sent? And how beautiful is it when somebody really gets this revelation and understands and the message of the good news travels, right? And that's essentially what Romans 10 is talking about. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul was telling us here. And we'll read it together in Romans 10, 13 before we dive in today. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's powerful, right? And he says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. How will they know the saving power of Jesus if we don't tell them? That's what we've been talking about. How will they know the person of Jesus unless an introduction is made? And so God is looking for those that would make an introduction. Those who would have a conversation. And we are the ones, believe it or not, hopefully I can convince you of that today. We are the ones that have been sent to introduce others to the most important person that they will ever meet in their life, the person of Jesus Christ. Today I want to talk to you about a declaration, how powerful, how contagious a declaration is. A declaration is contagious. Will you say that with me one time? A declaration is contagious. And when somebody gets up with conviction and they tell you something that they believe in, It has the power to move you, right? Has anybody ever been in a conversation and somebody had real conviction behind what they were saying and it moved you, right? Maybe it was about uh, something about money or something about relationships or something that they learned and they had conviction about it and it moved you either in a big way or a small way or a medium-sized way. They had conviction and they said something and it moved you. Depending on the conviction, depending on the message... It can move you a lot or a little. When the Wright brothers talked about flight, the dream of a flying machine, I'm sure it was contagious. They had a conviction when it came to creating and innovating and and making this, this flying machine. And surely enough, in 1903, they took flight. And I'm sure... Those conversations that they had must have had so much conviction behind them. 
And those conversations, that declaration was powerful. When Albert Einstein talked about the theory of relativity, people would just stand in amazement, not just because of the information, but also because of the conviction. Right? When Benjamin Franklin talked about science or he would talk about America, people would be drawn into what he was saying, not just because of the information, but also because of the conviction. When you have conviction, a declaration will soon follow. I want to read for you another passage that, 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 that's going to show you when you have conviction, a declaration will soon follow. Romans 10, 9 says, it says this, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. There is a component about coming to Christ that includes an open declaration. When I believe in Jesus, really believe in Jesus, I'm no longer pondering if Jesus is for me. When I truly believe in Jesus, I've already decided this Jesus thing, I'm all in. Right? So if I believe in Jesus in this way, I begin to openly talk about it. I begin to openly profess that this is what I believe. And this is the thing about truly believing in something and having conviction. When I truly have conviction about something, I talk about it. Right? Anybody in this room ever had conviction about something? And you just found yourself talking about it. Paul says that when you believe in the Lord with your, in your heart and you openly declare what you believe, you will be saved. If somebody says that they believe in something, but then they never talk about it, it starts to make you think maybe they don't really believe what they first originally said, right? So like if somebody says, I want to get in shape, I'm going to get in shape, rather, right? But then they never talk about a gym membership. They never talk about a workout plan. They never talk about changing what they eat. They never talk about who their workout partner is. You start to think, eh, maybe you're not really as serious about getting in shape as you first let on. Maybe that statement doesn't have any conviction behind it. If somebody has conviction, they have a statement. If somebody has a true statement, they have conviction. If you, say, if you believe in your heart, that's the personal space that nobody sees. And you declare, you openly declare, that's the part that everybody around you sees. Two components then you will be saved, right? If you believe in your heart, that's the internal that Jesus is Lord. And you openly declare that's the external part of our faith. Then you will be saved. The journey to salvation includes both the personal experience and the corporate expression. This is the journey of salvation. It's both inward and outward. It's the internal experience and the corporate expression. I am on a journey with God. You are on a journey with God. That includes both an internal component and an external component. 
My relationship with God is both of those. I can't just have an internal belief, an internal experience with God, and no external expression. It does, faith doesn't work that way. Conviction, for that matter, doesn't work that way. If you got so excited about Tupperware, we couldn't make you shut up about Tupperware. But some people say, I love Jesus. I'm a Christian. But then, yet, there's no open declaration that's attached to it. And so you start to wonder what's really going on on the inside. My internal belief leads to an external articulation. If we reverse engineer this concept that Paul is talking about, you could then say, if there is not an external declaration, there is not truly an internal conviction. Can I say it again? If we were to reverse what the scripture is saying, if we were to say it a different way, We could say, if there's not an external declaration, there's possibly not an internal conviction. If there's not an external expression, there's not a genuine internal belief. I'm not saying that people that don't talk about Jesus don't have any belief in God. What I'm saying is that when the belief crosses the threshold of conviction... That person cannot stop but to say something about Jesus. When this decision-making period, when you say, am I going to be in or am I going to be out? Am I going to be hot or am I going to be lukewarm? When I make a decision to have conviction, an expression soon follows. An articulation of that internal belief system then follows. When my internal belief crosses that threshold, I am compelled to openly talk about who Jesus is and what Jesus did. These two things are forever connected, and Paul helps us to understand this. Salvation is an internal belief and an external articulation. Always connected. The two are always connected. And on top of that, the deeper that your belief grows in God the more an articulation follows. More frequently, more emphatically, I believe in this because I have an internal conviction, I have an external expression. The more I believe about something, the more I want to talk about it. I love music. I don't like music. I don't kind of enjoy music. I love music. I have a conviction about music. I have a connection with music. I've done music for a majority of my life. You don't have to twist my arm to get me to talk about music. I will do it for free. It is not hard to have a conversation with me about music. You could know a basic amount of music information and we can have a great conversation. Because I have a deep connection internally to music. I can talk about all kinds of things about music. I can talk about musical composition. I can talk about musical uh, production. I can talk about what instruments are in the music. I can talk about vocal quality. I can talk about, did the music move me? Right? Because I love music. 
I've got no problem talking about it. I enjoy talking about it. Do we talk a lot about music? We talk a lot about music. The deeper our relationship and connection is to Jesus, the easier and more frequent that we will talk about him. Get a hold of this. The deeper our relationship and connection grows with Jesus, the more frequently we will talk about him. And that's what the good news is, right? We don't have to complicate it. Paul actually said, I hold this against you. You have destroyed the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was talking to some people, correcting them for making the gospel too complicated. It's not supposed to be complicated. It's not meant to be complicated. The good news is simply this. Who Jesus is and what Jesus did. It does not have to be from a pulpit. You don't have to sound religious when you say it. The good news is simply this. Who Jesus is and what Jesus did. Let's talk about it. And anytime we talk about who Jesus is and what Jesus did, we are telling the good news. And it's important to understand, you could be talking to a friend, you could be talking to a stranger, you could be talking to a Christian, you could be talking to somebody that's the farthest thing from a Christian. If you start talking about who Jesus is and what Jesus did, you are actively sharing the good news. It could be in the middle of a prayer, middle of a Bible study, middle of telling a story to your kids. If you're talking about who Jesus is and what Jesus did, you are actively sharing the good news. Anytime you do that. And it sounds a lot of different ways. For some people, it could sound religious. Other people could sound totally not religious. Some people could sound preachy. It could sound not preachy. It could sound like a simple conversation. If that conversation involves the person of Jesus, who he is, and what he did, that is the good news. And it's powerful. But the converse is also true. And this is important for us to understand as Christians. Anytime we are not sharing who Jesus is and what Jesus did, we are not sharing the good news. Don't be confused about this. If you're talking about something, it could be a good thing. But if it's not Jesus, who he is and what he did, you're not currently sharing the good news. I'm not saying that we don't need to also talk about other things, right? But sometimes we get confused. It doesn't matter how cool something sounds, how religious it sounds, how many religious cliches you have in there. If you're not talking about the person of Jesus and what he did, that's not the good news. You could talk about some really cool revelation from some obscure passage in the Bible with some Greek and Hebrew translation. If it doesn't talk about Jesus, who he is, and what he did, that is not the good news. That, and we have to understand, that is not the central message of the Bible. The central message of the Bible is simply this. Who Jesus is and what Jesus did. Everything from the Old Testament, every type and shadow and metaphor and pattern that's set up to introduce us to the main event, which is Jesus Christ. 
Everything that came after, all of the ripple effect, all the acts of the apostles, all the Pauline epistles, everything talking about and sharing about what happened, the main event is Jesus, the person of Jesus, who he is, and what he did. Motivational talks are great. Motivational talks are not the good news. Encouraging someone, encouraging your neighbor, encouraging somebody that's a brother or sister in Christ is awesome. That is not the good news. Showing compassion, showing kindness is great. God loves it when we do that. That's not the good news, though. The good news is when we talk about who Jesus is and what Jesus did. This is the central theme of the Bible. This is the central purpose that we have as believers. The purpose inside of whatever purpose that you have, the purpose inside of whatever purpose I have, is the purpose to share the good news. As a Christian, that trumps everything. That's the highest, that's the highest purpose that we have. When we're walking in obedience to God's desire, when we share this life-changing information of of who Jesus is and what Jesus did, there is nothing, nothing that is more important and more transformational on this planet. There's an expression that says, practice makes perfect. I don't know if it makes perfect, but it definitely makes better. Sometimes in sports or in music, we say practice makes better, right? And that's, that's the point. The same is true about your faith. Philippians 2, 12, and 13 says, work hard. Somebody say, work hard. Work hard. Say it again, because you need to remember this part. Work hard. work hard. He says, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. This is the thing that I love about God is He doesn't expect us to do something that He's not willing to empower us to do. That's how good God is. He's not expecting something of you that He's not willing to empower you to do. So, first off, we understand being a Christian is hard work. If somebody sold you something different, they sold you, don't, don't, you need to put that to the side. That's not the thing. The moment that you say yes to Jesus, you are going against the culture. The culture is doing a lot of stuff, and most of that stuff is not the right stuff. They say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, right? I'm going against the grain, right? Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the way of the world any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I'm understanding when I say yes to Jesus and I begin to become transformed by Jesus, I'm doing the opposite of culture. It's hard work because everybody else is doing something that it pleases themselves, that they do the, the things that are in the flow of this life. So first off, being a Christian is hard work. It's not always easy. Paul says work hard on your salvation. Work hard on your salvation. Turn to somebody and tell them, work hard on your salvation. 
And watch this. It says, and God will work in you. So while I'm working on my salvation, he's working on me. He's working in me the desire and the power. That sounds good, right? I want to have the desire that God wants me to have. I want to have the power that I need to fulfill purpose. That sound good so far? So God works in me as I work hard. He works in me desire that's internal, power that's external. He works in me desire, conviction to do what he wants me to do, power, the ability to do purpose. He gives me a dream, right? But then I need power, the ability to fulfill the dream and to fulfill purpose. So as I'm working hard on my salvation, he is working in me the desire, internal, the power, external. So we are all working on our faith. Everybody in this room. There's nobody in this room that's got it perfect. Nobody in this room that has achieved level 10. They are exactly like Jesus Christ. They are literally walking on the air above the ground. No, everybody's working on their faith. Everybody, if you're in this room, you are working on your faith. You're working to become a better Christian. You're working to follow Christ a little more closely and accurately. We're all working on it. So what side of this that we talked about today are you working on? Are you working on the internal portion? Are you working more on the external portion? What are you working on in this season, right? Because if I don't have goals, I'm not going to achieve what I want to achieve. I can't say, oh, I'm going to have goals in the natural, but yet I don't have goals in the spiritual. Spiritual is even more important than the natural. Why would I not have specific goals? What do I need to grow in in this season, God? Do I need to grow in the internal part or the external part? Do I need to grow in the internal part? Do I need to pray more? Do I need to read my Bible more? Do I need to worship more in my private time? Or do I need to work on the external part? The articulation of faith. The talking about Jesus. The having conversations about who he is, what he did. What am I working on more in this season? What does God want me to work on? Where are my deficiencies? You want to become stronger, you have to work on your deficiencies, right? I want to become stronger in the natural. I can't just always work upper body and skip leg day. Don't skip leg day, right? That's a thing, right? People skip leg day. As a Christian, don't skimp out on the parts that you need to grow on the most. What is it that you're working on in this season? Is it the internal side? Is it the prayer life? Is it the getting around people and letting them stir you up in your faith and getting more of that fire? Is it reading more of your, being more consistent? Reading your Bible? I heard this crazy statistic the other day. I was sitting with a friend, old college buddy, and he said he wrote his dissertation on reading the Bible. <laughs> He's like, you know what I found? It's good when you read the Bible. <laughs> I was like, Okay, that's a <laughs> he said somebody that reads their Bible two times or less, their life is almost inextinguishable. It's almost exactly the same as somebody that's not saved. That reads their Bible two times or less a week. Your life will be almost exactly like the world. 
but somebody that reads their Bible four times or more transforms. You could be this close from a transformation. You know how they say, like, the, the, the difference between somebody that breaks through and makes all that money and the person that gets no breakthrough is that couple extra phone calls? It's just that couple extra days of reading your Bible that causes great transformation, right? So, what are you working on? Are you working on the internal side? Or are you full of the word and you're full of these things and you've got a great prayer life, but you just, when you get out in public, you just don't, don't talk about him. Get around peers and coworkers, you feel a little intimidated. Practice makes better. Practice makes better. I was talking with somebody this week. I said, hey, listen, you got to get out there and take a swing. Sometimes you're going to say it not the best way. But hey, better given a version that you think was not as good than them not getting a version at all. How will they know? How will they know? I'd rather step up to the plate and swing for the fences and strike out than not swing at all. Than not have the boldness to step up to the plate. In the end, only what's done for Christ Last, right? Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Like, I'd rather step up to the plate and strike out than stay in the dugout and just continue to try, supposedly, to develop an internal. If you believe in your heart and you openly declare, then you will be saved. These two things are connected. What are you working on today? What are you working on in this season? If I could give you homework today, will you let me give you homework? Okay. If it's no, just don't say no loud. Just say it in your heart. And everybody that's a yes, just say yes really loud. <laughs> if you'll let me give you homework Go home and ask God, what do I need to work on in this season? Is it the internal part? The prayer, the reading the Bible, the worshiping, the getting around people? That, or is it the external part? Is it the sharing my faith? Having conversations about Jesus. Intentional conversations. Go home. Ask God. That's what's so great. James says it. If you lack wisdom, ask our generous God. And he will give it to you freely. Will you bow your head and pray with me today? God, I thank you for the opportunity to be ones that share the story about you, who you are, and what you did. What an incredible opportunity. What a great privilege to be entrusted with sharing the good news. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be preachy. It doesn't have to be religious. It just has to be about Jesus, who he is, and what he did. God, challenge our hearts. Move our hearts to tell others. Because how will they know if we don't tell them? Don't they deserve the opportunity to say yes or no? So God, stir our hearts to have, to be like you. 
God, we want to have a heart for people the way that you. We want to have a love for people the way that you do. We want to be a part of your plan for the redemption of mankind. We want to be part of it. We want to be that extension of what Jesus did on the cross and that powerful work of salvation and redemption. We want to be an extension of that by having and sharing the good news. God, stir us up to do that. Stir us up to be that. And as we're praying, maybe you say, Pastor, my relationship isn't where it needs to be with Jesus. I I feel like I've kind of drifted. I'm not where I used to be, but I want to be there. I want to be closer. I want to be on track with him. Or maybe you say, Pastor, I, I... I've been around people that had a relationship. I've been around religious people. I've been around people that might have been real or been fake, but I've never had a relationship with Jesus. If either of those are you, you say, I drifted, or you say, I never had it. You want to connect with Jesus. Slip up your hand. I want to pray with you right where you are. Amen. 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 The most important decision that we make is the decision to say yes to Jesus. There is no more important decision on this earth than saying yes to Jesus. If you slip up your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And everybody, you can say this in agreement with me. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving me enough to die for me. To die for my sins. You gave your life so that I could have a life. So I could have eternal life. So that I could have the forgiveness of sins. And I could be reconnected to my Heavenly Father. Jesus, I'm sorry for the times I missed it. The times I failed. The times I did the wrong thing. The times that I sinned. Jesus, give me a clean slate today. Wipe out all my previous mistakes. I want to be like you. I want to follow you. I want you to lead me. Give me the strength to do that. I want to know what it is to have a real relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.